Well, everybody, welcome to the first ever Coach Thompson's Chucking It from the Cheap Seats podcast. And we are blessed today to be joined by Coach Jonathan Bowles, the head man of the Springs Valley Blackhawks. And um, he's a guy that's helped me out in the past in a lot of different ways. So I reached out to him and I asked him if he would be our guinea pig and and uh, hop on with us today. So, Coach Bowles, I don't know if you could hear that intro music, but uh, it's some killer intro music, and I hope it shows up on the podcast. Um, that, that was produced by my buddy Kwame James out of Atlanta, Georgia, with Run to Track. So, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully that that comes into uh, into play once we get this out for the world. They can hear it. Um, but how you doing today? Doing great, Coach. Uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm looking forward to diving into some of these questions. Well, um, one of the reasons why we got this podcast started, uh, Coach, and, and you know, you and Michael Breed and I talk a lot, and uh, other coaches and I talk, and you know, a lot of times when we sit around and we talk, we talk offense, we talk defense, we don't really get into who you are, and uh, I'm sure people there in the Springs Valley area would kind of like to get into more of who Jonathan Bowles is, but other coaches I think would, would like to know as well. So just real quick for us today, could you um, give us the, the two minute JB Jonathan Bowles biography? Well, uh, Coach Thompson, you know, I grew up in Marengo, Indiana, and uh, you know, I went to high school at Crawford County. Um, and, and one thing, part of my background and basketball background, I guess, is my parents from you know, the day I was born, they were taking me to Crawford County Wolfpack games. And, um, you know, I was blessed to be around the game a lot that way. Um, actually, Coach uh, Coach Otis Broughton, he actually probably when I was in kindergarten, uh, I got to be a, a water boy. And so I was around the team, you know, kindergarten through junior high, you know, in and out of locker rooms and, you know, just, just loved it from day one. And uh, I really credit my parents and, you know, for taking taking me to all those games and, you know, get me around the game. And uh, and then from there, after, uh, you know, I played high school basketball for uh, my freshman year, Mike Ray. And then um, Coach Ray, he went back um, to coach with Dan Sparks. And then um, I got to uh, play oh, for uh, – I don't, yeah. don't want to interrupt you, Coach, but anybody out there that uh, – is not following Mike Ray on social media needs to. <laughs> that dude speaks his mind and I love it. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, Coach Mike Ray over there in Illinois is a great follow on social media. Yeah, you know, uh, I think he treats his social media like he does, he did his basketball practice with great intensity, okay. you know. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, I got to, after that, uh, I got to play for Coach Brown um and, and you know that that was great getting to learn from him and uh then from there I, I was very blessed to uh go uh go to Wabash Valley to be a manager for uh coach Ray and uh coach Sparks there for two years mm -hmm. uh, which learned a lot and uh, got to see some great basketball some great players um fortunate enough to stay in contact with a few of them um but uh then from there, I actually went to Indiana State for one year, and uh, Grant McVeigh, who was a coach at Turkey Run um, at the time, he uh, actually, um, we, we got to meet, 
him and my roommate logan lineswell we got to meet him at an applebee's um actually logan went to the meeting i wasn't even actually there but logan had grant out of applebee's and he uh offered logan the eighth grade coaching job at turkey run and uh you know it wasn't too long till logan had invited me to be his assistant so um uh, logan and i were fortunate enough to coach a great group at turkey run and learned a lot learned a lot there and then from there uh coach brown contacted me um he kind of heard that i was going to come back home and go to school at oakland city um so i began uh coaching at crawford county at that time as a jv coach um and i coached under him for two years and then i was under levi carmichael for two years as well there and then from there um i had a uh my I had a guy call me from Vincennes named Coach Josh Thompson, and uh, he was wondering, he was actually not even asking about me, he was asking about my wife, who's a great volleyball coach. I wasn't uh, interested in you, what you could Yeah, be. exactly, you weren't interested in me. Uh, you know, you reached out to us and uh, asked if we might be interested in, um, you know, coming to Vincennes, and she was going to become a biology teacher. And, and uh the volleyball coach and that's what we did and uh you know i was fortunate enough to coach uh seventh grade for you for a year and um coached a freshman for a year um under coach brett um which you know if, if it, i'm sure a lot of people know coach brett i mean uh, a lot of wisdom there and a lot of good stories for sure from coach brett um and then i was able to coach jv after that um i've been since and uh you know then i was very fortunate uh springs valley job opened up and uh you know i, I was uh you know blessed enough that uh mr smith our uh, athletic director uh gave me a shot and uh you know i, I just finished uh my first year there this past year yep and did, and did a great job in your first year uh, you know you you mentioned uh, those coaches that you coach with. I know when you were in the inter interview process, I was one of your references and, uh, and Kelly had reached out to me because she knew that I knew you. And, and she said, you know, well, I, I really feel confident in this guy. He's been around you. You speak highly of him. And I said, you know, Kelly, look at the other coaches there that, that Jonathan has mentioned, you know, Otis Broughton, Mike Ray, uh, Mike Brown, Dan Sparks, Levi Carmichael, Steve Brett, um, you know, that's one of the things that I really appreciate you about you, Jonathan, is we've talked about this a lot, that, you know, you set out to be a head coach, you're a head coach right now, but you did all these things and were around and exposed to all these guys that I think are tremendous coaches and uh, tremendous people, tremendous personalities, and, and you kind of set yourself up. And that's one of the things I really like about you. So, um, Coach, outside of outside of those coaches, you know, I know you touched on your mom and dad a little bit, but who's probably influenced you the most outside of coaching to make you the person that you are today? Well, and I did touch on my mom, mom and dad, but I have to say that that you know, there's three people really um, throughout my life, um, and, and number one was my mom. Uh, you, you know, my mom was a school teacher there at Crawford County. Uh, she taught business, but she taught way more than that, you know, and, and uh, when we would go to Walmart all the time, you would have students coming up to her, 
you know, a lot of grown adults and, uh, you know, just talking about the influence that she was able to have on them, you know, uh, when as their teacher. And then, so she was a huge in, influence for me. And then my dad, you know, just uh, seeing his work at, at ethic, um, you know, he worked for the labor's union for a while. And then uh, once uh, my brother, my younger brother Isaac and I got to be in elementary basketball age, um, he didn't want to miss that. Um, so he, he actually took a big pay cut and actually became a custodian there at the high school. Um, so, you know, seeing his work ethic and uh, just grinding every day and doing his best at whatever he does is, is another big uh, influence for me. And then I would say now, um, you know, Casey, my wife, she's a big influence, you know, and, uh, you know, she, I tell everybody all the time, she's the best coach in the family, you know, it's I'm hands down. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hands down, you know, and um, just seeing her, how she, she's just such a great leader and, and that did some great things at Paoli and Vincennes as far as building a great culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, um, you know, those were be my three major influences for me. Absolutely. Well, you know, Jonathan, the thing that, that I remember most about getting to know you, obviously coaching against you, coaching against Ike, um, but the way that people at Springs Valley would talk about your family, um, about how much respect people had around there for what your mom and dad did in the Crawford County community before I even knew you, before I even knew your dad. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of respect for you and your family. Um, and then your brother, he was one of my assistants as well at Wood Memorial. And, and in the short time that we were together, I've developed some pretty good stories about your brother and, and you know a lot of those. So um, talking about coaching, what, what is your favorite thing about coaching? What, what gets you going in the morning when you've got a summer workout, you've got to go in the weight room or you've got practice, it's during the season. What's your favorite thing? Well, I just got to say, this might be cliche, but I mean, it's got to be the relationships Mm -hmm. that you build. I mean, I I forget the exact saying, but I I see this uh, saying pop on Facebook and Twitter all the time about the the difference that coaches get to make make on, you know, someone, you know, other – they get they get to make a bigger difference compared to you know someone working for the labor's union or something like that you know uh, you're just in a position every day with young people in a in an important time of their lives mm-hmm. and uh, you know they're looking for someone to kind of um, lead them or guide them so to speak and, and that's definitely my favorite part um, I, I do enjoy the summer. Uh, especially because I feel like that's a time where it just seems like it's a little bit easier to build those relationships, yeah. you know, uh, you go in there and that. yeah, you, you're grinding with them, you know, uh, at Springs Valley, which I, I really do like this about it is the weight room doesn't have any air conditioning. Um, so, you know, you get some hot days in there and you really find out who your workers are real quick. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just I enjoy that part of it, too. Um, so I, I think it would have to be the relationships, you know, in my short time in coaching. I love it when I'm at Walmart or I, I do go to a Crawford game and I see some of the guys that I was able to coach at uh, Crawford County. 
um, you know, at the JV level and seeing some of them already married and, you know, uh, already into their careers and them talking about it, you know, that, that that's just, that that's great, you know. On the, on the flip side of that, what's your least favorite part of coaching? <laughs> well, I mean, there's not too many things, honestly, right now but i would say the the toughest for me and probably the one that uh maybe i have a hard time getting into it is fundraising mm-hmm. um no uh i'm not huge on having my guys sell a bunch of stuff and you know and you know it can be tough especially with covid 19 and everything asking businesses for different money and absolutely and things like that um but you know that's definitely something you have to do um so you mean you don't enjoy getting the 47 emails every day about somebody telling you that they can come in and sell cotton candy and it'll be the easiest thing you've ever done? Yeah, exactly. Or sell yeah. cups or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's always got some kind of idea how it's going to work out really well for you, but they don't tell you about how it's going to work out really well for them if you do it. So Exactly. Yeah. Um, moving forward now, you know, um, what – if you could go back in time and tell the 22-year-old Jonathan Bowles, give him some advice, um, what what would you tell him? Well, the big thing for me would stay patient. You know, uh, I mean, there was definitely times where I felt like I was ready to be a head coach, and you know, I even put my application in a in a couple places and even got a couple interviews mm-hmm. and uh you know for me i didn't put in a ton of applications because i was you know if i put in an application i wanted to make sure that i really wanted that job you know mm-hmm. i just didn't want to put it in to put it in mm-hmm. and uh, you know I, I felt like that i was ready to go and for whatever reason it didn't work out which looking back on it now it, it wasn't the right spot you know yeah. And, and it probably wouldn't have been a good situation um, for the, those programs and myself. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely worked out, and, and I'm thankful that it did. But, you know, sometimes when you're a 24-year-old guy, you're, you're grinding, and you've already coached under a couple couple guys, and you just feel like you're ready to go. But in reality, you know, when the timing's right, that's when, it, that's when you'll be blessed. Absolutely. I know you and I are both very strong in our faith, and um, I think God has a plan for us, and, and sometimes we don't see that bigger picture. And like you said, being patient, I think, is important. And a lot of times we can be disappointed in not getting a job, and I think that's fine um, to be disappointed, and you should be. But um, a lot of times we end up in a better spot. Um, and, and with that, you know, you ended up there at Springs Valley, and uh, this is a question – you know, I didn't come up with all these questions myself. I'm not smart enough to do that. Our buddy Michael Breeden um, had this one. He said, what was your biggest challenge um, when you went from being an assistant coach to being a head coach? Because I know when I was in your shoes, my first job was at Springs Valley. I went in there and I thought, man, I've coached under Ron McBride. I've coached under Steve Brett. I've got the world by the tail. I know exactly everything I need to do. And that probably influenced my approach to the job a little bit and maybe didn't help me out. So um, what, what was your biggest challenge this last year going from assistant role to head coach? I feel like uh, just, just being able to slow things down, 
I mean, when you get that job and, you know, and like you said, you know, you, you hear other head coaches say, man, it is a little different once you step up that's, you know, move down a seat a little bit to the head seat there. And, uh, you, but you really can't grasp it until you, you know, you, uh, you actually do it. And for me, you know, I, I think one thing that I do struggle at is trying to maybe micromanage too much at times, mm-hmm. you know, when it, when it comes to trying to get your feeder system exactly the way you want it. Um, you know, also being able to, you know, kind of delegate things out to your assistant coaches um, and those feeder coaches, you know, that, that was a little bit of a struggle for me and, and still something that I'm working on, you know, right now. Um, but, you know, I, I would say, um, you know, it, it's just amazing how, how many great coaches we have in Indiana. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my first game, I felt like, um, you know, our team was prepared. We had done everything. And, and, you know, it was the first game of the season. And uh, Coach Dalrymple, we played North Davies. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just seeing his preparation and his energy right off the bat, you know, across you from the sidelines, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like, wow. You know, this, this is this is big boy basketball now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, uh, uh, so to speak, after that, I said, yeah, Coach Dalrymple definitely baptized me in my first game. <laughs> well, I know Coach Downerple very well. I think he's one of the best coaches in the state, um, especially when he's the underdog. And, you know, we found that out last year um, twice. You know, they, they took us down to the last possession of each right. one of those games. And, and his teams are definitely very hard to prepare against. They're good. Um, and, and very good. He's good at making in-game adjustments. Um, the next one, as an assistant or as a head coach, what's been your toughest moment uh, as a coach? Um, I would say at times for me is seeing guys struggle mm-hmm. when they're down mm-hmm. and, you know, that, that's just really tough for me. And that's, that's talking struggle on the basketball court and, and then also struggle off the court, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because, you know, I haven't had kids yet, but I consider all my players, you know, as my sons, mm-hmm. you know, even though I'm starting to get older and we're pretty close in age at times, especially when I first started. But, uh, you know, I've always considered that. And, and, you know, I'm sure you as a dad, when, uh, you know, JC or um, Ty or Griffin, they're struggling with something, you just want to fix it immediately. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, you know, you're just not able to do that. And, and for me, that's, that, that's one that's tough for me. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the thing that I found in coaching is, you know, the longer you do it, the more struggles you're going to see out of those kids and the more struggles and tough times you're going to have as a coach. And, you know, we, we always get stronger as we move forward and uh, dealing with adversity, like you said, I think it's one of the biggest things that you get from being a high school athlete. And then obviously if you're fortunate enough to play at the next level, it's college level, dealing with that adversity. Um, I think that definitely makes us stronger as coaches, makes our players stronger. So just real quick, we want to stop and, and tell people that you're listening to the first ever Chucking It From The Cheap Seats with Coach Thompson. Our guest today is Jonathan Bowles, the head man at Springs Valley High School. And Coach, again, we're, we're really 
happy to have you on here today. Um, you know, I know you've had a lot of successes in coaching, whether it was been as an assistant or as a head coach, but what was your, your most exhilarating, your most triumphant moment that you've had in coaching? Well, on the floor, I would say um, being a part of Levi Carmichael's staff and um, that that team from Crawford County, and I, I get my years mixed up, but I believe it was 2017, mm -hmm. um, our trip to state, yeah. uh, when we won semi-state there. And, uh, you know, for me, it was really neat just seeing the steps that that team took through their entire high school career. And I, and I really enjoy telling their story because their JV season, um, they were all freshmen, our first JV season. It was my first uh, JV coaching year at Crawford County. And uh, we took some lumps. You know, we, we, uh, we only won five games that year. Um, and, and it was a real struggle. You know, we were outmatched against sophomores and juniors every single night. But those guys just kept on grinding um, and staying together. And, you know, we were fortunate enough their sophomore year, we had a really good uh, senior, junior and senior class. So none of those guys played up. So they were back for another year of JV season. And, and then that year, we were able to um, go 21 and one and lost one game with them as sophomores. And, uh, you know, it's funny, the last game of the season that year, um, Adam Beasley was our point guard, and he was a little sophomore, and we drew up an out-of-bounds play. There's about five seconds to go in that game against Paoli, the last game of the season, and it was a tie ball game. Well, of course, me drawing it up, the play breaks. You know, it really doesn't work. Yeah. But we get the ball in Adam Beasley's hands. And Adam makes a little play and gets about the free throw line, pulls up at the buzzer, and hits it to beat Paoli, you know. Um, and that was the last game of the season. We kind of treated the, you know, Paoli Crawford's a pretty big rival. We kind of treated that as our JV sectional, so to speak, I guess. Yeah. And uh, so that was a big deal. And then, uh, you know, Coach Carmichael came that next year. And, uh, you know, those guys – all played varsity. That was our first varsity season. And we had a really good year. I believe we lost just seven games and got beat by a really good Providence team in the sectional championship. Mm -hmm. So they were there that year in the sectional championship. And they got, we got beat pretty good by Providence that year. Um, you know, it was a 20 point game at halftime. Yep. Um, so those guys knew the intensity and the level you had to be ready to win a sectional. Well, in that following year, we uh, there we were again playing Providence in the sectional final yeah. and uh, drew up a play again and uh, got the ball in Adam Beasley's hand. And I, I can't tell you, it was almost from the same spot. He hit that shot in the JV game, but pulled up uh, right at the free throw line and, and hit that jumper to, to beat Providence in the sectional final, which they were the number one team that year in, yeah. in 2A. Um, so then from there, we were on a Cinderella ride, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, those rides, those rides when you're not really expected to do it, I think are probably a little bit sweeter. Not that it ever makes any difference when you advance, but right. uh, definitely a little sweeter when you're the underdog and you're not supposed to do it. Um, 
Next one is a little bit of coaching philosophy and, and who, you know, who you like to watch. Who, who's your favorite college coach out there and why? Uh, for me, it's kind of, it's kind of funny because he's my favorite, but at times I also hate him. <laughs> he coaches for Duke, for Duke and me being a Kentucky fan, you know, yeah. but I, I have to say coach K and, and the reason being is, you know, he, he's been able to stay in the game for a very long time. And the game of basketball, as you know, is constantly evolving. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to see him, you know, start out at Army and, you know, he's still molding guys and even kind of change his philosophy, okay. you know, how he recruits, the style of play a little bit. And, uh, you know, just seeing that. He's got to be my favorite, hands down. Yeah, you know, I enjoy reading about him, watching some of the documentaries, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff with him. Like you said, the thing that I probably take the most from Coach K is about how you have to evolve. You know, the 2021 version of of Mike Krzyzewski is not the 1992 version of Coach K, and and I think that's something that we can all learn. Um, One other guy that I do want to shout out there that's kind of – you know, bursting on the college scenes that I really like, and it's an energy thing for me. And and I think he's a big culture guy. Is I, I love Eric Musselman mm-hmm. from Arkansas. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a great mind, and I just I just love the the way he approaches life and basketball. Yeah. You know, I listen to a lot of his podcast and uh, follow him on Twitter and. You know, you can definitely tell the guy just loves what he does. I mean, he gets up every day ready to roll. You know, he he doesn't need energizer or coffee like we do. Yeah. Um, he's just he's got his own energy, so I really like him. No, he does, and he's a great follow, like you said out there. Um, I can definitely see a little bit of him and you on the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a question that you know, might be a little bit tougher for you to answer because you're, you're in the second year as a head coach, but I think it's a good one because, um, you know, so many times when young coaches get a head coaching job, they feel like, you know, they got the world by the tail. They, they've done all this stuff to get to that point. Um, and then all of a sudden you're running the program. Um, but I think you've done a good job in this and we've had some conversations here in the last couple of weeks about this. Um, how do you keep your younger assistants, your junior high and your elementary coaches kind of interested in coaching long term? How, how do you do that? Well, you know, I, I do think that that is a very tough, tough thing, um, you know, but I, I think the biggest thing and I'm still trying to figure this out, mm-hmm. you know, but something that I'm trying to work towards is just make them feel important, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, that this uh i had i talked to a coach we're we're getting a different eighth grade coach this year um because our other coach um he you know he left the program he did a great job jason gossett but uh anyways this coach was talking to me and he said you know whatever you want to do it's your program you know you tell me what you want to do and and i i don't like i don't really like that and he didn't mean to say that yeah. But, you know, I, I like to talk about it's our program. Mm-hmm. It, it's my mom, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so that that's something that I think you really got to stress to them. And I think if you do that and you value them and, uh, you know, give them a purpose, mm-hmm. then um, they're more likely to want to be around, you know, something like that. 
Yeah, and you know, it's something that, that even I think about year 15 that, that probably I even need a better job of at times is coaching coaches. And it's not so much that you coach them X's and O's. It's like you said, making them feel their value. And um, that's something that I know I, I need to probably do a better job of myself at times. Um, here's a couple philosophy questions for you. Zone defense. So um, I know that there are times where the Blackhawks are going to play a little bit of zone. The Vikings are going to play a little zone. But at, at, at the core of, of what you and I value, I know your coaching philosophy on this, we value man-to-man defense. But for younger coaches out there, when do you feel like it's appropriate to start inter, you know, putting zone defense in with your younger kids? Well, I, I, I think it also depends on, you know, your philosophy, your style. Like you said, you know, I am more of a man-to-man type, type philosophy. That's what we would like to do. Yeah. Um, but we also, we like to switch things up a lot, mm-hmm. you know, at the high school level. And we also know that some groups are going to be able to, you know, play man-to-man better and, you know, and then some groups we're going to have to mix in some trapping defenses or play mm-hmm. some two three. Yeah. The reason why I go into that is I think, you know, once you get to about the seventh grade, um, you need to implement just a little bit of zone defense mm-hmm. just so they can get used to kind of switching things, switching defenses up. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but I really like, at uh you know second through even sixth grade really um to be predominantly man to man um because you and i've talked about this you know i, I just think it's a lot easier if they know man to man principles mm-hmm. it's gonna be pretty easy to show them you know a, a two three zone or whatever type of zone that you you want to play um but if they are playing two three zone uh you know in the fourth grade uh, predominantly, then it's really tough to teach that man-to-man. Absolutely. And, you know, it seems like a lot of times that, you know, not to knock our, our youth coaches at all around, but it just seems like it's real simple to throw a team in a standing 2-3 with your top two guys at the free throw line yeah. because at the third and fourth grade level, you know, most players can't, can't even get it there, yeah. you know. Well, so, and to that point, you know, I'm getting ready to start – with uh, Griffin's second grade team. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting this year. I'm coaching the second grade team, and I'm coaching varsity basketball. So oh, yeah. This is going to be an interesting year. And that's one of the things I love about coaching is every year is different. You know, your team from last year to this year is different. Uh, this is the first time I'm ever doing that with my son at the second grade level and coaching varsity basketball. But to that point, I could line those kids up, put our two quickest players up there. Oh, yeah. You know, get a lot of steals, get a lot of layups. Teams aren't going to be able to score against our 2-3. But it goes back to the development of our players defensively. They're not going to develop as def- as good defensive players. And then it stunts the development of the other team. And at the second grade level, that's what you're trying to do. And um, I think sometimes right. coaches, and I was guilty of this when I coached my brother's team, but sometimes youth coaches, and I say we because I've been there, we we look at teaching winning and, and right. winning a basketball game. Sometimes we value that more over development. And that's where I agree with you. I think starting out there at that seventh grade level, once they get to middle school, that's where it's appropriate. And, you know, I, I had this conversation with one of your mentors, Levi Carmichael, one time. Right. 
one of the things I do like about zone defense at the middle school level, a little bit of it, is that if you're going to be a good zone team, you better be communicating. Because when that ball goes to the wing, who's covering that? Is that that guard chaser up top or is it the wing? And if they send a guy to the corner, that middle man better be talking to that wing about there's a guy in the corner that he's going to have to drop and cover. And so I think the one positive to zone defense is it does enhance your communication. But like you said, you probably don't get to that point until you get to the middle school level to where a kid can really handle a lot of that stuff. So definitely agree with you there, Jonathan. Um, again, this is our first ever Checking It from the Cheap Seats podcast. And today we're joined by Coach Jonathan Bowles of the Springs Valley Blackhawks. And Coach, um, what's one area of the game of basketball um, that you think that is incredibly important to kids everywhere, but they struggle to grasp that skill? The one skill that you think is maybe more important than, than others, but it's difficult for kids to grasp. Well, you know, something that, you, you know, that I'm noticing, at least in, in my area, it seems like, and, and I don't know that it's one specific skill, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, I think, you know, we, we have a lot of kids that play a lot of AAU basketball and just a lot of basketball in general. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like there's as much kids like going to fundamental camps mm-hmm. what they were back in the day. Yeah. So it seems like we got a lot of great athletes and we're developing a lot of competitors, I feel like, mm-hmm. um, because they're playing a lot of games. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like some of the, the ball handling, um, especially at the younger level, it is suffering a little bit as far as just being sharp. And I think a lot of it is, you know, um, it just seems like, I mean, everybody loves games. I mean, when I was that age, I, I enjoyed going to play a game, you yeah. know, probably more than I did going to practice. Yeah. But I think sometimes if, if we can get our players to uh, come in and do fundamentals, you know, at least for 30 to, to an hour, yeah. you know, then uh, that would make them a lot better players and a lot sharper when it comes to game time well and you know you and i talked about this with our our little viking stuff um you know albert and alex nepp and tyson wagler um you know and even amber of course he comes in with our third and fourth grade boys and those guys are in the gym eight and a half months out of the year and they're working on fundamental skills and like you said sometimes there's got to be a balance you know we got those little kids out playing probably more so now than what they ever have in the past in our program. But my job as a head coach is way easier than it's been at other schools because those guys come into the high school program so fundamentally sound. And like you said, it's not always fun, but man, that hour and a half, two hours on Saturday morning where you're working on ball handling and pivots and passing. I mean, like Coach Hoover always talks about, there's eight basic skills in basketball. And the best players master those eight basic skills. Oh, yeah. If you don't, you know, have one or two of those skills, then you're not really a complete player. And so I, I think you're you're right. Definitely a lack of fundamentals out there. Um, well, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I just really wish, and they have showed a, a little bit of it, you know, a guy to me that comes to mind when you're talking about fundamentals and 
you know, he's been considered one of the superstars in the NBA. And when he was coming up, everybody thought he was going to be too small to do that. And that's Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. And if you watch Steph Curry's, you know, his ball handling before he plays every single game, you know, if you watch that routine he went through and you watch his shooting routine that he went through, I mean, he's constantly working on those basic fundamentals. Yes. And there's a guy that just goes to show. May not be the biggest guy, but because he's done that his, his entire career, you know, he, he's a superstar. Well, and, and a guy that's a little bit like Steph Curry, uh, that was a high school player here in Indiana, Luke Brown. Uh, yep. This summer I was talking to Nate Hawkins, the head coach of Heritage Hills. And we're going to have Nate on this podcast at some point, but um, – and I don't want to steal his thunder, but, you know, he was an assistant on the Indiana All-Stars this year. And Nate told me, he said, Luke Brown's the real deal. And and obviously when he, when he told me that, he didn't have to right. tell Thompson that Luke Brown's a player because I coached against that kid in two games. I saw him play. I'm good friends with Coach Hoover, um, his high school coach, until this last year. But what Nate was saying was that they would practice at 9 o'clock. This is Indiana All-Stars. He said a lot of those Indiana All-Star guys would roll in the gym, you know, about 10 till 9. Coaches would get there at 8.30 and sometimes 8.15 to get set up for the 9 o'clock practice. He said Coach Osborne was tremendously meticulous with everything needed to be set up for practice, you know, half hour, 45 minutes ahead of time. And he he was talking about how some of these guys that played on the All-Star team were in for a rude awakening when they get to campus. He said – they would walk in the doors wherever they were practicing. And again, they walked in at 8.15, 45 minutes before practice is going to start. He said when they would get ready to hit the door, they would hear balls bouncing in the gym. And they'd open the door up, and it was Luke Brown. And they said nobody in the gym but Luke Brown. And they said he was in a full sweat. So he had been there for 20 to 30 minutes, ball handling, shooting, all that kind of stuff. And, and it showed. It, it, it definitely showed throughout his career. It showed uh, in the Indiana All-Star Series. And uh, I think he's going to have a tremendous career at Stetson. I mean, he's going to score all kinds of points. Well, funny story about that, but real quick before we move on, is uh, my brother was sitting next to Coach Hoover up at Southport during the All-Star game. My brother was just making conversation with Coach Hoover, and he said, Hoover, he said, you think uh, Luke Brown will play right away at Stetson? My brother already knew the answer. But uh, Coach Hoover looked at him and he goes, F yeah. He said, <laughs> he'll have his own GD bus going down there. <laughs> and Coach Brett turned around to Hoover and he goes, he had his own bus at Blackford, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, anyway, he's a great player. And like you said, it's the best focus on those fundamentals and they, mas- they master those fundamentals. Um we're getting ready to finish up here on this this first podcast, and I this is a struggle for me, Coach. I've got three kids. I've got one leaving the nest today. Um, we're going to take her to college and, and drop her off, and Mom's going to be tore up, and I'm going to be like Will Ferrell. I'm going to be a whirling dervish of emotions. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years, and I don't think I've got it mastered, but how do you find that balance of spending time with your wife, um, you know, where, where, how do you find that balance? What What do you do? I tell you what, it's really tough, and it's not something that I do necessarily. 
it's it's more what Casey does, mm-hmm. my wife. Uh, you know, I, I'm very blessed with Casey enjoys and she wants to be a part of the program. Yeah. She wants to be a part of Spring hey, Valley you, Park Lives. You've got her coaching fifth grade basketball this year, right? I do. She's uh she's actually got two roles. She is our director of basketball operations. <laughs> um and she is our fifth grade coach. And, okay. and you know, how how many people can say that their fifth grade coach is one uh, you know, sectionals, uh, uh four sectionals, a regional, you know, uh in volleyball. I'm I would start, start I'm gonna start calling you guys Joe and Angie Hinton. Hey, oh, uh, we can't go that far. But uh no, I mean really the reason why I'm able to do what I what I love is because of Casey. Yeah. And you know, her getting involved in our program and wanting to be around the guys and you know, last year she wasn't able to necessarily because she was at Vincennes and then Clarksville. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that was one of the big reasons uh, that uh, she she really wanted to be a part of Springs Valley and come down there and teach because, uh, you know, she, she does enjoy that. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, we got a uh, – if Springs Valley fans are listening, we got a mass sale going on right now. Um, where you can get a Springs Valley basketball mask, and uh, you know Casey's got her own. You, you didn't like fundraisers. <laughs> What's that? I said I thought you said you didn't like fundraisers. Hey, you got to find ones that you do like. And when your wife says, "Hey, you, you, uh, do you care if I start making some masks so we can make some money for the basketball yeah. team?" You say yes. That that sounds great. No, I think I think that's a great idea. And like you said, Coach, we we definitely couldn't do this without supportive wives and as i got out of bed this morning by the way for those of you that are listening you have no idea what time we filmed this uh <laughs> coach bowles was willing to get out of bed at eight o'clock actually before eight o'clock on a oh, sunday yeah. to film this first ever checking it from the cheap seats podcast so coach thank you so much for willing to get up and, and do that but uh before we get off here we got a little bit of a speed round so that people get to know you a little bit so i'm going to put you on the clock here Gotcha. And, uh, we're gonna we're gonna ask you some basketball questions and some personal questions. So, question number one: Do you prefer scouting in person or on film? Like to see uh, conference teams at least three times in person, and then I do watch a lot of film. Absolutely. All right. Your favorite major league baseball team? Uh, Atlanta Braves. Okay. Favorite food? Um. Man, I love food. That's a tough one. Chicken wings. Chicken wings. All right. You and Tim Helfen go to scout a game. Go to the concession stand. Tim's going to get the smorgasbord. What's Jonathan Bowles going to get? Uh, probably just a Mountain Dew and uh, maybe some popcorn. What about if you're at Crawford County? Are you going to get a Jerry Dog? Oh, you got to get a Jerry Dog at Crawford County. <laughs> Favorite movie all time? Hoosiers. Hoosiers. All right. Favorite candy? You stop in at the gas station there in French Lake. What are you getting? Uh, Hershey's, cookies, and cream. Oh, man. You and, you and Ty, you guys are in tight, man. Oh, yeah. All right. I give you an opportunity. I'm going to give you free tickets to a Major League Baseball game or an NFL game. Where are you going? Major League Baseball. Watch the Braves. There you go. All right. Uh, favorite class that you teach during the day? 
I, I love my uh, middle school PE classes. Middle school PE, yeah. Middle school boys are something else, man. Oh, I love it. I teach them every day. And last question for you here is you're going out to eat, you and Casey. Where are you going, 33 or Legends? Ooh, now you're trying to get me in trouble here. Both of those guys did a great job at uh, sponsoring our basketball program. So here's how I'm going to answer this. Okay. After basketball games, it's usually late. And, uh, you know, Larry uh, keeps Legends open late. Yeah. So that's where we go right after basketball games. But uh, we also enjoy uh, our meals at 33 as well. There you go. Hey, you're kind of like Ron McBride. You're, every, you're a man of the people. You're a politician. You, that's right. You have you've, learned, to be. you've learned well from this list of guys that you've been around. Well, Coach. Well, Paul, none, do, no, none do that as well as you do, though. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I'm good at something, it might as well be being a politician. There you go. Hey, Coach Bowles, it's been great. Um, I'm sure that uh, your fans down there in Springs Valley will enjoy this. I'm sure other coaches are going to enjoy this. Uh, I'm going to give a big shout-out to the Barry Media class because they're going to help me do some editing on this stuff and get this out. Uh, but I really appreciate you being our first guest and helping us get things lined out uh, here on Chucking It from the Cheap Seats with Coach Thompson. Coach Bowles, have a great day, man. Thanks, Coach. Uh, and again, you know, thank you for having me on here. All right. Guys um, and gals, I appreciate you tuning in for our first ever podcast. Uh, stay tuned to social media to see uh, our upcoming uh, podcasts and our guests. And until next time, keep checking it from the cheap seats.